What is up, Internet? Welcome to the Randy King Live. Oh, wrong. Welcome to the Devil's Advocate for Self-Defense podcast. First time I said that from the rebrand, episode number 37. What is up, people? We are back with the guests that we had on the Randy King Live podcast for the new rebranded Devil's Advocate for Self-Defense podcast. So Devil's Advocate for Self-Defense was a quick change we made because people were very confused about the name of the show. Uh, Randy King Live seems like I would have a guest on that we talk and do interviews. This seems to be more on point. So welcome to the show if this is your first time joining us. The, the purpose of this show is to create interesting conversations with people in the self-defense industry or really any industry in general, where we take, where we have a, a debate on a subject and show that number one, we're allowed to disagree and still stay friends. Number two, there's, there's lots of sides to the coin. And number three, that people can work within a rule structure. On social media, so very many people get obsessed with minutia, detail, and personal feelings that nothing gets accomplished. Everybody's just yelling, trying to yell over each other. So the point of the Devil's Advocate for Self-Defense podcast is to discuss topics that are hot button, usually, uh, but have them in in good, uh, stable manner within a rule structure. So there are some basic rules for the show. Rule number one is we start as friends, we leave as friends. So uh, I communicate, I've met Bev in person, which is nice because uh, some people I haven't. We've communicated in person and we communicate a lot all the time. I follow all of her work. She follows my stuff. We've been pretty constant. And also, if you are following the podcast, she is still the number one downloaded episode where we talked about closed caption television. Um, <laughs> yeah, woo, you're killing it. You're beating everybody. Like we've had everybody on and you're still number one. I just checked today to make sure that stat was correct That's uh, before we try to do this little live stream. Oh, and by the way, everybody, sorry, this is coming out late. Uh, I know I'm Canadian, so I have to say sorry, but I apologize. This is coming out late because we were going to do this live on the Facebook group. And then technology said, not today, Randy. And instead of being frustrated and go crazy and install everybody on time, we decided to do it old school. So we're recording it right now. We will be doing a live one. Uh, Bev, this was a great idea. I want to do it live. So we'll do it live for sure. Um, and I forget, do you like Bev or Beverly? Because I keep calling you Bev. I prefer, you prefer Beverly. But I thought so. Know, yeah. I, nope, I just caught it. I'm like, wait a minute. I think she prefers Beverly. So I'm going to call you Beverly. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> when uh, Beverly had a great idea to do this live, and I think it'd be really fun to have that. We did one live episode before with Sterling Scott, episode six, but that was forever ago. This is episode 37, right? So we're, we're, we're far up in the numbers. Um, so rule number one is we start as friends, we leave as friends, and hopefully I say their name correctly. Rule number two is there are 15 logic fallacies I sent ahead of time to my guest. If we get caught breaking one of those fallacies, these are the rules of the game. If we get caught breaking the fallacy, we have to take a page out of Rory Miller's conflict communications book, take a deep breath, <sighs> apologize, sorry for using a slippery slope fallacy, and then we secede our turn in the debate. The structure works very simply. It's a 20-minute open debate. First four minutes goes to Beverly or the guest of the hour. Um, they get to set up the debate as is. The reason it's called devil's advocate is I always let the guests choose what side they want, and I take the opposite side. So whether they choose to be the devil's advocate or I do, it doesn't matter. Somebody's always taking the opposite side. We're going to be debating just our point in this conversation, not our feelings, ethics, emotions, etc. These are all part of the logic fallacies. If you're really interested in the logic fallacies, Episode one of the Devil's Advocate for Self-Defense rebrand podcast, known as Randy King Live podcast at the time, has all of the logic fallacies walked out for you. If you catch us in a fallacy that we didn't catch, 
feel free to send me the minutes that it happened on the show. Um, I'm actually reviewing one right now. Uh, my friend is starting a YouTube channel, Nick the Knife, for board games. He's been binging these episodes and might have found a logic fallacy weirdly in episode six with Sterling Scott. So he might get free promotion other than what I just said. If you catch us in a fallacy that we don't catch, I will promote whatever you want me to promote from your branding on all of my social media platforms, which is a decent amount of connections to get a hold of if you've paid attention to my social numbers. So pay attention to the show, stay engaged, message me if you catch us in something. So for the guests who might be joining us for the first time, uh, Beverly, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. A bit about me, uh, Beverly Baker. I have, I'm based in Los Angeles and I have the Metropolitan Finishing School. Um, I've been teaching, uh, gosh, I got involved in martial arts about 30 years ago when I was in high school. I shouldn't have said that. Now people will do the math. Um, <laughs> uh, and got into um, teaching self-defense kind of in that world. Like I was just like the girl in the room who didn't mind like, you know, throwing down and kicking and punching and all that stuff. And so it was kind of a natural progression um, that I kind of got thrust into teaching self-defense and really wound up enjoying it. Um, now, the last couple of years, it's, it's what I'm known for is a class called Asphalt Anthropology. Um, to be honest, the, the kicking and the punching, I still love and I, I do on my own. And there, there are small private groups that I work with. But really what I'm loving focusing my attention on is uh, Asphalt Anthropology, which is about um, being in in urban dense environments and how to navigate them safely. And you can take these principles, not just, you know, and apply them just to the city. You can apply them anywhere, right? Because they're principles. But at the same time, you know, I live in Hollywood. I work in downtown Los Angeles. I ride the Metro every day. And so it's just, this is my laboratory. And so in working with folks, Randy, you have a funny look on your face. Is my sound okay? Uh, keep going, keep going. Okay, sorry, I shouldn't have interrupted. I should have kept going. Um, so that is my laboratory in which I kind of uh, play with a lot of these principles and help people navigate those environments. Um, I work with um, small groups. I work with large groups, corporations and, and such um, with their HR groups. So if you have any questions on navigating the city, um, like a badass, if you will, uh, give me a call and uh, we can figure something out. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you for that introduction. Let's uh, let's jump onto the debate. So Beverly, or what is the topic today? So the topic today is I uh, women's self-defense. The goal should always be safety. I assert that that is wrong. That okay. we should be teaching other goals. Sure. And so uh, let's just let's walk to a little bit more so we have yeah. it uh, kind of clear with everybody. So yeah. you're saying, or we're saying in this for the debate, you're not saying personally, but we're saying for the debate that primarily most self-defense for women is based off of creating distance and escaping as opposed to giving them other goal sets, i.e. restrain or try to take the person out, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Awesome. And what side of the debate are you taking? So I'm taking the debate that um, that is n not a good idea, that we should be having other goals in mind. Awesome. And so as the devil's advocate works, I am taking the opposite side where I now believe for this debate that the only goal that people should have in this self-defense situation is escape. So we're going to start the clock real quick here. Uh, Beverly, you have up to four minutes to uh, frame this debate. Go. All right. So specifically, I'm talking about women's self-defense here. Um, and we have this like value and this belief that it's kind of not even questioned that the idea is to get yourself to safety 100% of the time, that that's always the goal. Um, I assert that when we just mindlessly repeat that that's the goal, we actually maintain the status quo of violence against women. And that it does that in two ways. 
so the first, um, just the way women operate in the world in general, and let's just take violence out of the equation for just a second, sure. but just in day-to-day life, this mandate of um, safety first precludes a lot of opportunities for women in the, as they navigate their world. Um, and what this does is this actually shuts opportunities off for women. This could be you know, career-wise, job-wise, um, just life fun-wise, because what we're doing is we're teaching them safety first, safety first, rather than actually learning the skills about managing the world, manipulating threats, and how to kind of, um, to, to, to kind of own the world, if you will. And so this maintains the status quo, because if women aren't taught those skills, to, and just only to avoid, then as a result, they're not adequately prepared should something actually come up. Mm-hmm. Now, the second part of this is actually related to the physical threats themselves. So if they do have to go hands-on, um, this dogma that I'm kind of uh, uh, looking at here uh, tells us that you should just defend yourself and then leave and get out as quickly as, as possible. And this actually absolutely maintains the status quo of violence against women. Um, so it's the idea of being, quote-unquote, grabbed by the pussy. Uh, pardon my French, but it's, yeah. something, <laughs> it's something everyone's talking about. So there we go. Yeah. Um, so it's it's such a common assault. It just gets kind of laughed over, glossed at, it just gets dismissed as locker room talk. Now, I've spoken to women who've had this happen to them and who, by the way, have actually had self-defense training. They've gone and they've taken the classes. They've done everything they were supposed to do. Like, I'm going to take a self-defense class, and then this still happens to them. And there's two reasons that they were kind of helpless to respond in these situations. One is because the training, the traditional self-defense training doesn't prepare them for that. And two, generally these types of scenarios happen in social settings where they either know the person or it's a friend of a friend. And so depending on how they respond, there could be social consequences. So there's just like no training for that. So like I'm advocating for the kind of training like, oh, you know what? You could sneeze and make it look like a head or you could do a headbutt and make it look like a sneeze or, you know, learning how to react in a way like if, if, if I if that if you're in that situation and that happens to you the situation is not necessarily just to get away but I assert to like assert some kind of physical response to that um, this and if we don't do that the predator is then free to respond again I mean if we just look at statistics for rape alone um, of incidences that are reported only 5.7 actually end in an arrest and of that 5.7, only 0.7 result, results in a felony conviction. And of that 0.7, only 0.6 results in incarceration. So what the lesson here is, what predators are learning is that they can do this stuff and that they can get away with it. And so the only time it really seems like is that they can be quote unquote taught this lesson that this is not acceptable is in the moment. So if there's a woman who's prepared to take it further and really kind of drive home that this behavior is not okay, then that's the only time that they're actually going to be able to do that. So if we cling to this dogma that, oh, no, just get away, get to safety, and you'll be fine, it's like, no, that these guys need to be taught. Women, we know how to calculate risks, right? Mm-hmm. I know when we get into this debate, it's going to be about a lot about calculating risks. We do that every day. And if we okay, can Okay, so be I have to at, cut you off. Your four ah, minutes okay. is up. My time. Okay. All right. Thank so, you. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I have to, again, remind everybody it's a debate show. So there's no way I can not come across a little douchey to to do this debate section. So uh, number one, your first premise, I'm just going to th- toss off the table because it doesn't fit within the, the debate we agreed upon. Uh, 
So point okay. one, I don't agree with. It's gone because that's a whole different subject. Point two is bang on. Um, and I can't disagree with a lot of the stuff you said. I usually can't with the guest. But I can say that giving them an escape-based or a distance management-based approach is is general. And we're, I know we're talking about women specifically, but it's not yeah. just for women. That's kind of uh, – for self-defense, that's kind of for everybody. Now – what you're saying, well, I don't disagree with, and I do think it it does perpetuate the stereotype for sure. If we are teaching people that, uh, first off, safety is important. So if they can get away, they're going to be safer just in general. That's why people have been saying this forever. Mm -hmm. Number two, though, is what I'm hearing in your debates, so what I'm hearing, maybe not what you're saying, so you can reiterate, but what I'm hearing is you're really wanting to punish the people for the what they're doing to the people, and that's not a mandate of self-defense. Self-defense should not be about revenge or punishment or, or showing that stuff. It should be about maintaining your safety. So whether you have a boundary or not have a boundary and it's broken, you're going to get to a point where if it does go physical, escaping will still be your best option. Now, I'm not, I can't say that there isn't other scaling options because otherwise my, de my defense is very one-sided. But I still think it should be the primary goal for most self-defense systems and I, for women and in general. Beverly. So I, I get that this is not going to be a solution that's going to work for every self-defense student or every person. Um, and that and that's fine. But what I am saying is that when we have this kind of unexamined, this is the truth that it's always to get to safety. It leaves a lot off the table. And I do want to really keep this just for women specifically because that's that's the problem. Because I assert that this does maintain the status quo of violence against women. Because then women are merely in reaction mode all mm -hmm. the time to this thing that might happen, it might happen, and I'm just gonna avoid, I'm just going to uh, get out of, you know, maybe, you know, do a quick palm heel and get out of the way. I don't see it so much as punishment as, it's like this behavior is not acceptable. And if, if, if laws are not going to uh, convey that message, then I see, one alter I see one potential alternative is that in the moment that a woman who is uh, confident and capable that she can deliver that message that this behavior is not acceptable. Sure, and I agree with that. But if you palm heal and escape, that's still escaping. So a stun and run is still an escape. Yeah. The, the main the main goal is still leaving, right? So are you advocating that they should stay there and brawl with this person? Because at the end, they're still creating distance, and that's kind of what we're talking about, right? So, you know, it's 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 obviously always going to be a case by case scenario, and every woman, again, I assert, is smarter than. Most people in the self-defense industry that we want to give them credit for, right? We're always saying self-aware or situational aware, all this stuff. Women know that already. So what is missing is the tools to be able to kind of meet a challenge head on. And if it's if it's if there's an attack and it's a palm heel that happens, and if there is more that needs to be done to communicate a message, then I say let's let's put that on the table. Let's have a conversation about that. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that if we, if we just automatically dismiss getting to safety is the number one rule, then we don't have the deeper conversation and it leaves women more vulnerable because they're just, they're just in reaction mode all the time. As I opposed like, to- I feel like ahead. you're creating a false dilemma here because oh, you're- Oh, okay. Because I don't, you're implying that people are only teaching how to run and no other skills are taught. And that's not what they're saying. What they're saying is escape is the ultimate goal. 
They're not saying don't do other stuff. But oh, you're no, saying no, no. either okay. escape yeah. or don't or that's it. Like it's either you escape or you're a victim. And that's I don't think no, that's I'm, true. No, no, no. I, I that, thank you for clarifying that. No, I am saying it's not. But the ultimate goal is not escape. I say the ultimate goal is to communicate that this behavior is not OK and that predators should walk in fear mm. and not know who the next person is if, if I do something, if I reach out and, and do something on the train. So like for a quick example, like on the Metro that I ride, they have this um, uh, announcement every few minutes, like, you know, sexual harassment will not be tolerated, da, 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 da. And it's like, that's not going to deter anybody. I assert that if the messaging is, hey, we've just provided some really cool, badass self, well, they're not going to say that, but you know, it, we've, we've, we've taught women who we, we give out free self-defense classes to every woman. So you want to try sexual harassment, you're taking your life into your hand, buddy. That's the kind of message that is missing when we just say, get to safety, get to safety, get to safety. It's not instilling the fear. And that's why it just maintains the status quo. Like mm -hmm. you're prepared, we're preparing women to just, oh, like re respond to the moment as opposed to change the structure and the culture. Because when we looked at the stats that I shared with you, it's like, nothing's changing. Self-defense has sure. been around for ages. Yeah. And, you know, the stats are, are, are pretty much the same. And so unless there's a, a, a paradigm shift on how we think about this and we make it dangerous for mm -hmm. a predator, then that's, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Sure. I, 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 okay. I, I disagree for the debate primarily here. Uh, and why I disagree is if you were attacked by a wild animal, would yeah. you try to prove a point to that wild animal? Or would you try to get away from a wild animal? So it, de it depends on the context. And, and so this sure. is a little bit different because if it's a wild animal, I might actually have to kill it, right? Because sure. I might not, if it's a mountain lion and I'm out here yeah. in Griffith Park, I'm not going to be able to outrun it. Right. So if I have the ability to put my thumbs in its eyes and twist its neck and all this stuff, I'd, I'd have to kill it. Correct. So I agree with that. But now let's say killing animals is illegal and you don't want to do that. Yeah. Wouldn't you advocate the person still tries to escape or to create that distance? And a lot of these situations, right? And I'm not, I definitely, I guess I'm going to have to debate my point, but I don't want to come across super douche here. I'm definitely not saying that women don't have a skill structure. They definitely do. They know how to mitigate danger and stuff. But when the rubber hits the road, they're usually attacked by larger, stronger, more aggressive opponents. So going into a sketch, like, yes, I agree with what you're saying because we're kind of blanket saving for low level creepers. Yeah, sure. I agree. But I'm going to scale this to high level creepers. If you try and punish somebody larger and stronger than you, it just might escalate and you're going to take more damage and maybe get into a worse place than you would have been. And I don't think that self-defense is the way we're going to fix this. And that's why the stats haven't changed for self-defense. Self-defense is a micro solve for a macro problem. Right. So again, I appreciate what you're saying in terms of it might be a bigger person, like the context there. Could be it a weapon usually like, is a bigger person. Well, it usually is, and it's not always. Yeah, and but it's not always. Lion share. It's, I don't know, Randy. I mean, I, I, I don't know about that. Sure. Okay, it, it happens frequently. Uh, you know, it could be someone who's bigger than me, but maybe they're drunk. Sure. You know, so maybe that can, you know, even the yeah. playing field. There's a lot of ways to even the playing field. And so I agree with you that you, there is, whether they're physically bigger, men are physiologically generally stronger and faster than women. That's yeah. just kind of the way we're made. Not going to argue that point. And at the same time, regardless of the size of the person, I, 
I don't know. I, I mean, I, I've seen cases where it's not bigger, but let's just say yeah, they are sure. bigger. You know, there are ways to to take care of yourself. And maybe, again, like I keep saying, we already know women are experts at calculating risks and threats. Mm -hmm. So if what I'm talking about here doesn't make sense in that situation or against that person who's bigger and stronger, yeah. then all, all bets are off. Do that palm here. He'll get the get the frick out of there kind of thing. Right. However, you know, he, here's kind of the, you know, I don't know if you want to call this a low level creeper because these things escalate as well. Mm -hmm. And this is part of the, the discussion as well. So if, if you look at the example of Brock Turner, who, you know, he's known for being the Stanford rapist with really good swim times. And he raped a young woman, got three months in jail. And then, you know, that was his his criminal punishment. Of course, he's been. Um, <laughs> ostracized and being punished in other ways. Um, but here's, the, here's what people don't know about him is that he had a reputation and a record of being the creeper at the party and cornering women and feeling them up and making them uncomfortable. And so that's a situation where the young women who he had cornered in the past, they did exactly what they were told to do by society. And that was to get to safety, get away from this creepy guy. But I assert that perhaps if he had had a broken finger or a broken nose somewhere along that line, he might not have wound up raping an unconscious woman who couldn't defend herself. I uh, I, I hear what you're saying. I disagree. I think a person like that, if a figure got broken, he would have punished that person and let daddy, he would have got away with it the same way he got away with what he got away with, right? Like, I just don't think this communal spanking principle that you're kind of throwing out here, like that if if the person was harder to deal with, they wouldn't do it. These, the people that are doing this, the juices worth the squeeze for most of it. If they firmly believe that they could get away with it, the fight back may or may not stop them. But I, I don't think, cause you, you're kind of arguing that you should also escape. And I don't think you get to do that in this debate. You have to argue they got to stay, right? Otherwise I only have one thing. You have multiple things, but. Uh, okay, I, I appreciate right? your point. I mean, you have to leave it sometime, right? I mean, so like, I guess and so, we and that's when that is. Correct. And so all I'm trying to say for my, cause I have a very indefensible point. I don't think it's indefensible, but I think what I'm trying to say is escape should still be the primary goal. You could do other stuff, but at the end, you still want to get away from this person. I don't yeah. want you staying there, punishing them, trying to tap them out MMA style, like at some point leaving is still a great strategy. And I still think it should be taught as the primary goal. Well, so here's, here's where, and I, it was interesting what you said, like, this is a false dilemma. I'm like, oh, cool. Maybe, maybe I'm not alone in this thinking, mm -hmm. but you know, and, and maybe I'm not alone in it. I appreciate where you're coming from, but I also like, for the debate. Final I know, thoughts right? will be, for the for the final thoughts will be very good on this one, but keep going. But but you know, a lot of some of something that's gotten kind of jogged my thinking on this was the experience of this happened last year of a woman who was out jogging and a guy flashed her. And he flashed her not once but twice, and she said something to him and he said something back. She wound up chasing him down and pinning him to the ground. Um, didn't work out that the police were able to come. But, you know, what was a moment of celebration for a lot of women and was like, this is amazing, this is cool, was in the self-defense community specifically, a lot of shaming from kind of people on their high horses and talking sure. about, well, what she did was technically illegal and what if he had a knife? And like, those are all great questions and considerations to have. But the thing about this woman is she was six foot one. She was a former captain in the Israeli military and yeah. had a position with the um, Israeli police i can't remember exactly what it was sure. so if not who if not her who yeah right like if, if some guy like wh what are we supposed to do just let these guys walk around with their wangs hanging out and like it's just okay like no. you know and and that's why you know 
and I love the nature of this debate, right? It gives you a chance to explore ideas. And so that's why I want to explore this idea. Like how far is the self-defense industry willing to take get away at all costs? And, you know, it, it's like, eh, you know, there's a lot more to this, I think, that women can tell you about that kind of, you know, if, 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 if you just kind of step back from these hard and fast rules, like let's explore this. Well, and I agree. Blanket statements in general are always bad. That's why it's one of the things we're allowed to do on the show. Uh, yeah. I remember the case you're talking about exactly, and I was on your side of, of this debate, but right now I have to be on the other side. Oh, wow. So, okay. This so, yeah, curious. if you go back, I was like, yeah, this person did what she wanted to do. And I agree. People can make calculated risks, and you're the only yeah. person there, right? But yeah. self-defense classes can only be rules because they don't know the situation. They don't know what's going on. So if they yeah. fall back to an escape paradigm, that makes sense. Her tackling that person, beating him up while it was the proper thing to do, she made the assessment. It didn't change any of those stats you mentioned earlier because guess yeah. what? The cops didn't show up. So was was the risk worth it? Maybe. It obviously was she succeeded, but I yeah. could see how people could advocate that the risk wasn't worth it because the police didn't get there anyways. The guy took a beating. I don't think he's like, well, no more flashing. He's just going to do it in a different way. So nothing was changed except that assault, right? Right, but but by changing the conversation, and, and here's what I'm saying, like let's change a conversation, and I get that this is not gonna happen over one incident yeah. or two incidents. This is a bigger kind of thing that's gonna take time. But yeah. like the more predators can be afraid, mm -hmm. the better. Yeah, I agree with that. This is uh, bordering really is, close to the debate. This is terrible. <laughs> this is a terrible debate, Randy. We agree too much. <laughs> no, it's a it's a great debate because I'm sticking to the point of it, right? But that's that's what these usually end up being. But we had yeah. this discussion with uh, Deb as well, uh, Deb Chris, uh, on one of the episodes. Kind of very similar conversation at this time. It wasn't earlier. But yeah. I still think that, like, I don't know, and I'm going to make this personal on my end, not on your end, so it'll break the logic fallacy. I yeah. don't know if I was like, you should engage and feel like engaging. And then that person got horribly assaulted if I could sleep at night as a self-defense instructor. Yeah. I think I think for my own ethical, and this is just me, maybe I'm a, a snapshot, for my own ethical needs, I would still say, like, I still want you to escape. Like, obviously, you're growing up, make your own decisions. You're a fully functioning human. We have to treat women the same way we treat men when it comes to self-defense. But I would tell them, and I know we want to keep it to women, but just for this point, I would tell everybody the same thing. Escape is your best option in these situations because like i said in the de in the stats you gave her doing what she did was awesome but it didn't change anything i don't think right because she's just one of one of very yeah. few people that we see respond you know sure. and I, I i saw um actually when you and i had first kind of talked about doing this i picked up a book and i this was so coincidental it was the opening was this woman talked about the rage she was feeling because she just finished beating up a guy who like grabbed her on the dance right. floor and assaulted her. And it's, I, I think it's an important at least to have this conversation and not a matter of like me winning, you winning or whatever, oh, no. because, no because women are sick to death yeah. and we're sick to death of being kind of giving like, like piecemeal stuff, like, like, like just kind of scraps. And, you know, I, I know that what you teach is not scraps. I'm not talking about you oh, per no. se, oh, no. but I'm talking about just like structurally what we're giving women are scraps. Sure. And, you know, a lot of young women that I, I teach and train, um, and they're like, say in college, um, high school, but definitely college, like they are done with the street harassment. Right. And so personally speaking, when I, when I work with them, we figure out what is the goal. Is the goal to get to safety? Well, then do X, Y, Z. If the goal is to do something else, I mean, and here's the thing. If the goal is to do something else and to, like, put this guy in his place. We're at time. 
Just um, so you know where it's but no, fin okay, finish, yeah. your, finish your point. I just don't want you to keep going. So finish your point. Yeah, no, wor no worries. So I, the, 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 what I think is so juicy about this conversation is that if, if women do want to take it to a step further, because there's plenty of women out there, and I think we as self-defense instructors need to be aware of that, then we need to like equip them fully, right? Because mm -hmm. when I have women come in and say, you know, this guy street harassed me, and so I gave him the business, and it's like, I want them to know what the risks are and I want to prepare them and then they can fully better make that choice. But I'm not going to, I can't in good conscience talk them out of it, but show them the big picture. I agree. How was awesome. that? <laughs> that was good. So we are over on time, but that's all right. Uh, excellent debate. This was super fun. Uh, Beverly, why don't you tell people where they can get a hold of you? Yeah, sure. So I um, have uh, a school called Metropolitan Finishing School, tongue in cheek, because as you can probably tell, I'm not quite about uh, pinkies and, and uh, up when you drink tea. Um, we, we're about uh, skills. Um, so you can reach me on my website. You can at Google Asphalt Anthropology. Um, I'm active on Instagram at Metro Finish School. And that's the only social media platform I'm on. I know I'm kind of weird like that, but that's how you can reach me, um, message me. And um, I have a newsletter, so feel free to sign up for that as well. Cool. So we're going to jump to Final Thoughts. This debate could not be contained in 20 minutes for sure. So if you're not aware of what Final Thoughts is, very simply, Final Thoughts is our actual opinions and thoughts on this. I believe uh, Beverly was actually expressing her opinions and thoughts. I was not. I couldn't for the debate. So if you want to hear more on this subject, we're going to jump over to Final Thoughts. That's only on Patreon. So it's the $5 level USD. Uh, feel free to jump on there. There is a Final Thoughts for every single episode except episode one. So much good information. So much bonus material. Obviously, I highly recommend doing it, but if you don't believe me, jump on the Randy King Live community group. We released a couple of final thoughts there for free just so you get a sample, see if you like, and then show some support on the Patreon. Uh, Beverly, thank you so much for this, and we're going to jump to final thoughts. Anything else you want to say before we go? No, thanks for having me. This has been a oh, lot of fun. Always, anytime. This is such a great, had, we've had two great debates, and this is such a great topic. And anytime somebody can bring me a topic, I will prioritize them coming on the show. Very All right. Cool. That's the end of the free show, everybody. Hope to see you over at Final Thoughts.